It's another edition of the Alden Network Podcast, healthcare solutions for seniors. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. You may have heard about sleep apnea and CPAP therapy. Maybe you had a friend that's had an experience using a CPAP, but what exactly is it and how does it work? My guest today is Jenny Anderson. She's a respiratory care manager for Prism Healthcare Services, the Alden Network's transitional care partner for home and durable medical equipment to increase independence in the home. Jenny, welcome to the show. What do you do in your role at Prism Healthcare Services? So I oversee the clinical team of respiratory therapists there at Prism. Everyone experiences normal sleepiness from time to time. So how do you know if it's normal sleepiness versus something more serious? So how you know it's normal sleepiness versus excessive sleepiness is that it lasts more than a day or two. And it interrupts your day as far as um, you have mood changes, irritability, um, depression. You're having trouble concentrating. You're having trouble concentrating while driving. And um, your partner's noticing that you're snoring and that you're having cessation of breathing during sleep. So there's there's other symptoms that are going on, not just your normal tiredness. Well, you bring up a great point about your partner noticing that you're snoring. So first of all, Jenny, is it usually the partner that notices something like sleep apnea or excessive snoring? And if you snore, does that mean that you have sleep apnea? So if you snore, no, it does not mean always that you have sleep apnea. But that's a really key component in sleep apnea is that a lot of people that snore do have sleep apnea. Um, But yes, the partner is the first line of identification a lot of times um, for identification of sleep apnea. So tell us about sleep apnea. What is it and is it dangerous? So I think to understand sleep apnea, you have to understand what the term apnea means itself. Apnea is the Greek Greek word for cessation of breathing. So that means that you've stopped breathing um, during sleep. So sometimes you don't necessarily have to stop breathing during sleep, but you can have that reduction or partial airway closing during sleep, which is identified usually as a snore. So that snore can be just as detrimental to your sleep as that apnea. And a lot of people don't realize that the snore can be just as detrimental as that complete cessation of breathing. How is it diagnosed? If your partner's telling you that that you're snoring excessively, you're tired during the day, just as you've described all those symptoms, then what is the next step if you notice this in yourself or your partner notices it? Where do you go and what happens? The first thing I would do is see my primary care physician who may refer you to a neurologist or a pulmonologist who is a sleep specialist. That sleep specialist would then do a physical exam, a medical history, and then uh, refer you to a sleep study that can be done at a lab or, you know, a hospital lab or in your home. And, and what's a sleep study like? Because people think, oh, well, if I go, I'm hooked up to all these things and I can't get a good night's sleep. What, what is it like for a patient? Well, having had one done myself, you know, I used to do sleep studies and then I had one done myself. I kind of dreaded it. Um, it wasn't as bad as what I thought it would be. Um, so what they do is they're, they're able to um, see if you do have that cessation of breathing or a reduction in the airflow 
and they're able to monitor your oxygen level and see if you have obstructive sleep apnea um, and how severe it is. And it's a really key component in diagnosing obstructive sleep apnea, so it's, it's a necessary test. So now let's talk about the treatments because people have heard the CPAP, they've heard it on commercials. Tell us what CPAP is and how does it work to help obstructive sleep apnea? So CPAP stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. And what that does, or the way I like to describe it to patients, is that it stents or opens that airway by using... So CPAP has a a flow generator in the device that pulls in room air and then gently pressurizes that air to deliver it through a tube to the patient. And that pressure is decided in that sleep study. So that's, or, or by the physician. So it's really important that they understand that the physician decides the, the, what the pressure is at. And that varies from patient to patient. The pressure is delivered to the patient by a mask. And there's three masks that can deliver three different types of masks that can deliver. Tell us about the three different masks. How do you know which one is right for you? Again, that's that varies with each patient and how they tolerate the mask. Um, one type of mask is nasal pillows. They're the least obtrusive, but the hardest to get used to. The next type is a nasal mask, which just goes around the nose. Um, the, other, the third final one is a full face mask that goes around the nose and mouth, and that would be for somebody that's a mouth breather. So tell us a little bit about how it feels on there, and um, are people adhering to it? Because that seems to be one of the bigger problems with sleep apnea, Jenny, is that people don't want to wear the CPAP, so they're not adhering, they're not being compliant to their prescription. I would totally agree with that. One of the things PRISM does, and I think it's because we have a really strong clinical team, is we're able to help them with compliance. Part of compliance is that's really important is that you put that CPAP on every day. And I can tell you myself that within a week or two of putting that on every day, you don't even feel the pressure. I have to sometimes pull it away from the mask away from myself to even know that it's on now. And it's hard to get people to understand at first that that's going to happen. So it's just that consistent wearing every day that's really important. Now, what's the process? Tell us if somebody does get a a diagnosis of sleep apnea and they are going to use a CPAP, then they've got their prescription. They come to PRISM to get the CPAP. Do they call you? Tell us the process. So the process is that that doctor would send that order over and then there's notes that come with that along with the sleep study that's then verified with their insurance, Medicare or Medicaid which all of those are covered for the CPAP. And then that order goes through to a respiratory therapist who then sets that machine up and explains that to the patient. Now tell us about the MyAir app. If they're a CPAP user, what is that and what are its benefits? So the MyAir app is is used in conjunction with the ResMed machine, which we use at PRISM. That helps the patient comply with the CPAP, and it gives them feedback on how they're doing with the CPAP. And they can download that to their iPhone or their Android device, and it tells them a score up to 100 points, and that score is divided into four categories. They get 70 points for how long they've worn it. They get 20 points for their mask and whether or not they've gotten a good seal on that mask. 
and then they get five points on whether they're still having events. So, so events means apneas or, high, or the reduced airways, the snores. And then they got five points on whether they've taken that mask on and off um, too many times that night. Does this app work with all CPAPs or just certain ones? And also when someone gets their CPAP from PRISM, do they get to keep it? So the app only works with the ResMed device, and the ResMed device is considered the gold standard. ResMed invented CPAP, so they were the first out there to um, develop the CPAP. And they do get to keep the CPAP only if they pass the compliance period. And the compliance period is the first 90 days. So what happens is the first 90 days of them using the CPAP is a trial period. And during that trial period, they have to somewhere in that first 90 days do a 30-day consecutive period where they've worn it four hours minimum, at least 70% of the time. That's 21 out of those 40, uh, 21 out of those 30 days. Wrap it up for us, Jenny. Give your best advice for good sleep hygiene as one thing, and then for information about PRISM Healthcare Services to help with CPAP therapy and what you would like the listeners to know about compliance and adherence if they are diagnosed with sleep apnea. So, you know, good sleep hygiene is that they go to bed at the same time every night and get up relatively the same time every morning. And, you know, you know, a lot of people will stay up later on the weekends because it's a weekend. But good sleep hygiene is that you go to bed relatively at the same time every night. No caffeine right before bed because you sleep better and that you kind of keep that same routine all the time. As far as PRISM helping with it, we have a really, I think, a really good team that gives, we do a really good setup. We spend a lot of time with the patient and then we're there to help with them to take them from the beginning, from the time we get that referral, we have a clinical um, customer service team that works through the process of, of the intake of that order. And then once they, it's delivered to the respiratory team, we have a scheduler that takes the, through the setup all the way through the respiratory therapist doing that setup. And then we work them through getting compliance. Thank you so much, Jenny, for being with us today and sharing your expertise in CPAP. And since you've actually used one, you can really help patients to understand it and to understand that it's not uncomfortable. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to the Alden Network podcast. For more information on any of our services, please visit thealdennetwork.com. Or to hear more podcasts in this series, please visit thealdennetwork.com slash podcast. That's thealdennetwork.com slash podcast. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.